Welcome to another episode of the Weekly Regular. Uh, last episode of 2020 uh, is what this episode is, and uh, it is very fitting that we're going to spend the last episode of 2020 talking about a movie that uh, uh, we've watched recently. Uh, that's something we do a lot here on this show. Um, but I needed some help for this movie because it was a a a, a movie. It was an event for the ages. A movie worth discussing with two very 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 funny and bright people. Um, first, uh, returning to the show, uh, best friend of the show at this point, as we've established last episode, um, Derek from college. Derek, how are you? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's raining here in Southern California, which is great. Uh, there yeah. were like really intense thunderstorms last night, uh, like, and it seemed to, I seemed to be right at the epicenter of it because as soon as the, <laughs> as soon as the lightning hit, the thunder was right there. Usually, there's a delay, but uh, right last under night there was not. Uh, Thor's anvil, as it were. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I was um, I was uh, Bill Paxton and uh, uh, Helen Hunt. Is that Lord who's in Twister? Is it Laura Dern? Maybe it's Laura Hang on. Dern. Keep They're talking. like the same person. I'll find right? out. <laughs> no, I think it's they Helen really Hunt. are at this point. I think it's Helen Hunt. Is it Helen Hunt? I could be wrong. Man, it's look, been a while since I need to rewatch that movie. It's been a our, while. Our, our second guest is is miming that it is Helen Hunt. So let's just go with that. He's I, nodding enthusiastically, <laughs> so I'm inclined to believe him. It is Helen Hunt. He right, is correct. Great. <laughs> great. I'm yeah. glad we solved that. <laughs> yeah. Remember that scene where they're in the eye of the uh, not the hurricane, but the tornado and everything. Yes, I do. People? That's kind of how it felt last night. But yes, um, yeah, Derek, yeah, uh, Charlie was going nuts last night with the thunder and lightning. Your so dog is one of those. I'm like, you can't you can't protect us from nature. Like, it's just <laughs> not going to happen. Also, you weigh 40 pounds. What are you going to do? Yeah, um, <laughs> let's uh, I'm going to have you guys talk about uh, what you did this week. But before I do that, I want to bring in our next guest. Um, our second guest, first time on the show. Uh, good friend of mine, hilarious comedian, um, improviser. Uh, I know him because we were on a uh, an improv team together here in L.A. He's a very funny guy. I think he's an editor by trade right now. I'll have him tell you. <laughs> uh, welcome, Jeremy. Jeremy, what's up, Jeremy? But Hey, Asan. What's going on, man? That's so funny. It's been such a long time since we've been able to see each other in person. I haven't been an editor in like a year. <laughs> okay. Well, congratulations, wow, so question mark. Yeah. Yes, that's okay. a congratulations. I hated it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Well, then good for you, man. I'm glad you got out of it. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so, Jeremy, uh, what? Ha how has – I mean, we haven't talked one-on-one -on -one in a while. Um, how has life yeah. been for you um, during this whole season uh, of COVID? What are you up to lately, and what did you do this week? It's been wild, man. Yeah, it's been so long since we got to catch up. Uh it's been okay. I mean, like, you know, I'm quarantined alone in my apartment. I, I also have a little dog. He's asleep, if you can see him in the back of the Zoom. I'm sure everyone on the podcast loves that. Oh. Yeah. Um, That's great yeah, audio. I mean, it's excellent audio. You, know, he's, you can really hear the silence leaving. Um, yeah, it's been wild. I mean, I think I'll, I'll challenge you for being in the epicenter of this thunderstorm because I, I live across the street from a park and I took my dog out this morning and there is a tree that is split in half. Oh, no. Like half of it. Like oh. it's just both ends of it are like flat on the ground. Like it very much got hit by lightning, I'm assuming, unless someone really had like a weird rage attack in the middle of this thunderstorm last night. 
I was just one of two things you can conclude from that. Either one, it got struck by lightning, yeah. or two, you have a very strong vigilante that's working out in your neighborhood. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Batman practices yeah. nearby. Batman practices in your park. <laughs> Definitely someone in the DC universe practices nearby. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, all right. What'd you, what'd you, well, besides being in the eye of the storm, what'd you do this week? Anything interesting? Um, I mean, I think the answer is no. I mean, like Great. it was, it's, you know, the, <laughs> the time between Christmas and New Year's, I went to my, my writing partner is the only person in my bubble. So I went to like her house on Christmas and her parents were there. Okay. So it was just the four of us just sitting and eating food and, um, you know, watching Wonder Woman. All right. Right on. Yeah. Um, that's cool stuff. Are you working on, you said you're, you're, you're writing partner. Are you working on anything, anything exciting you want to? You want to give us the the inside scoop exclusive right here on the weekly regular? <laughs> yeah, we're I mean, we're working on some cool stuff. I think we, we have like finally started making headway as writers to be like, oh, yeah, now we can get hired for stuff. So I, I think it's maybe early to tease stuff or else there will be a manager calling us being like, Hey, you really can't talk about that. <laughs> Rats. Um, I was this close it, to stealing yeah. your idea. You, you, you foiled me. <laughs> I think it's mostly my own superstition. I'm actually sure that uh, a manager would never, ever listen to this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Cause he probably. won't even answer my own email. <laughs> uh, <but yeah. laughs> nice. Well, Jeremy, thank you for, uh, thank you for being on the show. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Derek, what thank did you, you do this week? Uh, well, as you know, it was the high holy of Hall holidays on the American calendar. Mm -hmm. Um, so AJ and I, uh, just kidding. Oh, is that your, is that your religion? Pigskin? (laughs) That's the American Um, religion, sir. That is the American religion. Boy, howdy. (laughs) Uh, actually that's more, I'll tell you what, um, (laughs) I reckon. No, uh, (laughs) tip of the hat. Uh, no, uh, AJ and I went up to uh, my parents' place for Christmas um, with my, one of my sisters was there. My other sister was supposed to come in from Chicago, but uh, she's got an autoimmune disease. And uh, so rather than have her come in with the cases kind of spiking in California, not kind of, they are spiking. There's evidence for that. Um, yeah, with the cases spiking in California, she just decided to uh, call it and not not come for the uh, come for Christmas. That was a bit of a bummer, but we still had a good time. Um, I think the highlight mm-hmm. of my weekend was uh, one of the comments that my dad had when we were watching the movie we're going to discuss today okay and i'm going to save that for later okay because um it, um it was an excellent point it filled me with so much light and laughter that uh i i can't wait to show you. i was like that's an excellent point and i like where your head's at all right so burying the yeah, weed. I'm, other excited than that, was good, I'm excited you know, to see chill. what pops had to say oh yeah you know my dad <laughs> i do <laughs> Um, all right. So let's, man, let's get into this movie. Um, I guess before we get into like the, <laughs> the plot or whatever of the movie, let, give me your guys's, um, your initial thoughts going into the movie. Like what was the situation surrounding watching the movie? Were you excited about it? How were you feeling about it going into it? Like, were you planning to watch it with family? Like how did, or like whoever, you know, friends and loved ones and stuff and like what was the overall consensus of what the movie was going to be going in either one can start go ahead jeremy sure i uh, i had medium hopes going in i mean i think <laughs> it at, i i like the first wonder woman uh-huh but i also think that the first wonder woman 
flag people be, as being a great movie because it was like, oh, the the bar for DC is so low, and this is actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so for the second one, yeah, I definitely thought like, okay, I, I think this will be fun. This looks fun. 1984 seems the aesthetic seems fun. Right. Um, so yeah, I I didn't have any distinct plans to make it a like holy experience to sit down and like pay. <laughs> Very close attention. You didn't want to roll cosplay. Popcorn. Sorry. Stepped yeah, on no you, son. cosplay, no popcorn. Oh, okay. yeah, I was going to say no cosplay. You yeah. didn't want to sit there with your Wonder Woman outfit. Or no, Steve. No, that's for every not other judging. day. That's just <laughs> oh, me. got it. Right. It's not yeah. cosplay, Derek. It's a lifestyle. I'm so sorry. I, I'm new to this. We live DC <laughs> Comics. Um, Derek, what about you? What was the, uh, was it, did your whole family sit around and watch the movie? Was it an event? So it ended up being an event, not like a capital E event, but uh, so AJ and I were going to watch it when we got home. The lowercase, yeah. It was very, my family's very (laughs) cash around the holidays. Um, Yeah, uh, it was going to be. And that's short for casual? That is short for casual. That's how casual we actually are. Jeremy, Jeremy, please take notes while I'm thinking about it. If you would take notes on all the different. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Got it. it. (laughs) I keep up with the terminology. It's coming out fast and complicated. Um, but, uh, yeah, so AJ and I were going to watch it. And then my mom mentioned that she wanted to see it. So we were like, yeah, let's, let's all watch it. Like sit down and watch mm-hmm. it. And I was, I went into it going, you know, like Jeremy talked about the first one. Do I think it deserved a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes? I absolutely do not. I think everybody <laughs> was hyped that, oh, I think everybody was hyped up that I think it was, I thought it was a good movie. I thought it was entertaining yeah. for sure. But I think everybody kind of got a little too like, uh, distracted by the fact that there was a competent female actress playing a female superhero Mm -hmm. which is great don't get me wrong i'm not knocking that but i don't think it was 98 percent worthy like at all um so i was at least going into this one with low to medium hopes being like i just want it to be entertaining Mm -hmm. and it was that (laughs) but not in the way that they wanted it to be or and did or did they? And I think that's going to be. Maybe they did. And I think that's that going to be the we constant theme of this of this conversation. So <laughs> for me, I was very much looking forward to watching this movie. Uh, I loved the first Wonder Woman. I thought it was great. Um, I thought there were some really cool. Like, I was never. Um, so I'm not the hugest um, DC Comics fan in terms of the characters. Not because I don't like them, but just because I'm not as familiar with them as like like Marvel heroes. So, right, we're Marvel uh, kids. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, I mean, obviously there's Batman and Superman and and you know like the main ones, but you know I saw Wonder Woman. That first movie was I just there was something about it like I think aesthetically, um, I think just kind of worked for me. I thought it was there were some sequences in there that really kind of blew me away in terms of like what they were able to accomplish. And it just felt so real and looked very like, um, it looked stylish, but it looked very impressive to me. Like I really loved the first wonder woman movie. I loved the fact that wonder wonder woman was just, uh, in the same way that I loved Chris Evans's captain America for just being earnest. And there's not Mm -hmm. a lot of heroes who are earnest. You know, I really loved that wonder woman was just super earnest and just like, no, I'm going to do the right thing because that's what you do. Like, it's cool to have characters like that, especially when they're in the mix with characters that are conflicted, like Batman and stuff like that. So I really love, totally agree. Yeah. I really love the first movie. So this second movie, uh, I was, (laughs) so I saw like when the first (laughs) teaser came out and I was concerned because I was like, whoa, this looks crazy. 
but I but I've learned in my movie fandom to not judge movies based on the initial teaser trailer because a lot of that stuff's not finished and um right. you know the cheetah design was very concerning to me at first. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but going into the movie um if this movie was going to work on me it was going to work uh because I was excited to watch it because I had you know uh it was like one of the first uh HBO Max movies that was like directly to streaming and like mm -hmm. it was you know it's kind of like a, a a test to see if people can enjoy these movies at home i like was planning to do it i was like alone for the night and so I, like you know i had food and i was like really in the like the the mode to enjoy this movie and that was sort of like my so i i hyped myself up a little bit but also i was just excited to see the character again and see what they did in 1984 and and see how they explained steve trevor and all that kind of stuff going into it um, so that's where I was. That's where my, my mindset was going into it. Um, okay. Can I, can I just interject real quick? Sure. I like that you made an evening out of it. I, like, I, I did. Picture, I did. Even though you have very short hair, I like to picture there's a towel wrapped around your head. You were in a <laughs> robe, a face mask was on. You've got popcorn, a <laughs> mm -hmm. little bit of bubbly yeah. cats on your lap. You're yeah. doing your nails, have those like toenail spreaders. And you're just like, mm, let's do Wonder Woman. Yeah. Like, you do just having a self-care night. It that's was. how I like it, to picture you at home alone. It, it was, I mean, you're not far off, you know, you're not, you're not way off from what it was. Um, yeah, no, it was. Uh, just no was, towel. Just take the towel. Yeah. Out. Minus yeah. the towel and you nailed it. <laughs> um yeah no it was good uh yeah that was i was very set up to like this movie um okay so before we dive super deep into it give me your overall um without revealing too much about how you felt of like the details of the movie because we're gonna dive into those but what is your reaction coming out of the movie and maybe you can even give it a score out of 10 10 being the best and one being the worst. Um, and I'll start just to um, switch up the rotation here. I am going to give the movie. <laughs> I'm going to. I'm going to. Mm, I'm probably going to give the movie a. F You're struggling. No. Oh, no. I think oh, I'm this gonna, is bad. I think I'm going to give the movie. A five out of ten. Oh, that's wow. so much. And you wanted to give it a four. No, I wanted to give it. No, I wanted to give. I, I when I said f I was going to say five, I wanted to give it slightly higher than that, but I can't. Um, and I'll, I'll explain why once we get into the details. But yeah, overall for me, I think the movie um, had the potential to be one of my favorite movies of the year. Quite honestly, um, not for probably traditional reasons, but we'll get into that. Um, it was almost one of my favorite movies of the year. I just think the movie felt very. Um, I don't know what happened to this movie, but it felt like a lot of it was reshot. Um, and I feel like they pulled some of their punches, uh, some of their like crazy movie punches. They like, and I don't mean like stunts. I mean like the, the risks that this movie could have taken to make it one of my favorite movies of the year. The movie didn't really take. Uh, I'm thinking of one thing in particular, but, <laughs> but yeah, we'll get there. We'll get yeah, there. we'll get there. Um, so that's, that's my thing. I think it was ultimately just, because it didn't take more risks and be crazier, I think it kind of um, it, it just kind of settles for being a kind of a meh movie, you know. Um, uh, Derek, Jeremy, That's what do you guys say? Fascinating. No, I was just gonna Jeremy. say it's fascinating. You think it didn't take 
enough risks. I mean, I guess it de depends on your definition of risk because I feel like every single moment was a weird <laughs> risk that didn't pay. <laughs> yes, we'll get into it. Yes, I agree with <laughs> you. I agree yeah, with we'll you. That's we'll a good point. I do agree with you. Uh, Jeremy, why don't you go next? Yeah. Uh, well, I give it a 10 out of 10. Okay. I just thought it was perfect, uh, obviously. Um, <laughs> no, I think I agree with you. I, I, th <laughs> uh, I think I totally agree with you. I, I, I think a, a five feels right. Yeah, um, Yeah, man. I, I really went into it thinking like, oh, this is going to be like a Thor Ragnarok style mm -hmm. piece with like the earnestness of the first Wonder Woman, which I also really liked. Like I thought it was going to be a slam dunk. So maybe there's expectations going in there, but mm -hmm. it made so little sense and we <laughs> will get into it. Yeah, we will. Derek. I'm going to give it a three. Okay. Wow. I was bored from the opening sequence. Really? Yes. That's I was sitting, it was, I spent a lot of time sitting there and I felt so just so you know, the way I watched this movie. <clears throat> okay. I am a hypercritical movie person. Everybody that has talked to me for five minutes about movies knows this. Um, for good or ill, it's just one of the ways that I view things. I was bored about halfway through the opening sequence. The thought crosses in my head. I said, why is it taking so long to get where they need to go? Uh -huh. And then I spent the rest of the movie trying to sit there and keep my comments to myself because I was like, just not enjoying it. Mm -hmm. And and for reasons why we'll talk, kind of piggyback off you guys in a second. So I spent the, most of the movie, three quarters of the movie, thinking that I was the only one and hoping that I was the only one in my family that wasn't enjoying it. Yeah. And then my mom just picked up her phone and started texting. And I went, mm. oh, there's one other person. My dad got up to go to the garage to get a drink, <laughs> like to get some water. Like the wheels fell off the cart real quick. And then I realized like, oh, no one in this room is actually enjoying what we're watching. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, okay, I'm freeing, freeing Claire to start making the comments. And then it just became a free-for-all like comment session with my family, like, you know, towards the movie. Um, I will agree with you guys. I wanted, I, I enjoyed the, I, for, even though I don't think it deserves a 98%, I enjoyed the first one a massive amount. Like Aslan was saying, I like the fact that there's an earnest character that just wants to do good for good's sake because mm -hmm. that's just what you need to do as a hero. I'm like, that's awesome, mm -hmm. fresh, good to see it. Um, <clears throat> I wanted this movie to be good. So, I so badly wanted this movie to be good. <laughs> and and if and if it wasn't good, I would have settled for at least competent. Yeah. And I didn't get either. Yeah. And um, it left me just sitting there kind of just slowly exhaling and looking at my watch throughout the entire viewing going so how much longer is it gonna be before right. the credits start rolling right like, so that's how yeah cool that's my takeaway from it all right <laughs> i promise we're going to get into the plot but before we do that i want to ask you guys how did you feel about the cast overall um we've got gal gadot as wonder woman um, we've got, uh, Pedro Pascal as Maxwell Lord. We've got Kristen Wiig as, uh, Barbara Minerva. Cats the Musical. Yeah, as Cats the Musical. <laughs> um, what did you guys think about the cast and, and, and everyone's performance first? I think they were I thought, oh, good. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. No, no. No, sorry. Oh, great Zoom moment. I love that. Um. <laughs> ah, technology. <laughs> Gotta love it. Yeah. Um, I thought they were good. I mean, I love, I thought Pedro Pascal was, I mean, everyone was performing with like 80% cheese on top of their normal 100%. performance styles, mm -hmm. which I think was very much intentional. 
Um, so given that, I think I, I like Pedro Pascal a lot. I think he was a really good, like sickly coughing into a handkerchief and then there's blood type of character. Um, yeah. I mean, Kristen Wiig, I think is always great as an underdog. Um, I could, I could look at, um, Chris Pine's butt all day. I mean, like what a butt that yeah. butt it is chiseled from granite, work. Right? Like, yeah, yeah. truly. I honestly, Gal Gadot is maybe the the weakest link, but I think she like knows exactly what Wonder Woman is supposed to be, which is just like, yeah, you know, a little bland, but like very virtuous. Yeah, I, yeah. man, I think, uh, I think getting into the cast a little bit. So I think one, I think there are too many characters in this movie. Um, yes, and and they're all seemingly in different films. Um, and oh, yeah. I think, uh, I think. Gal, Gal, I'll, I'll take Jeremy's pronunciation, so we're all on the same page. I think Gal Gadot is um, woefully underserved by this movie. Um, I feel like her character is a... Uh, she's not really given the opportunity to really be what made Wonder Woman great in the first movie. Like, she's, she's never really given a moment to just be virtuous. Like, it's always just kind of like... She functions more as like... I don't know, like, uh, Kristen Wiig's kind of hitman, you know, or like, <laughs> like she functions more as a plot device than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. A character. Who, who's that movie? is my main so, complaint. So whose movie is this? It's not, it's not hers. It's, it's not, not Wonder, Wonder Woman's, Woman's movie. movie at all. Kristen Wiig's movie and Pedro Pascal's movie. And I will say this. I think it's solely Pedro Pascal. Yeah. I think it's that's, definitely that's Pedro fair. Pascal's movie. Yeah. Here's yeah. my thing with the actors. Everybody, I think everybody did an amazing job with what they were given to do. Yeah. And I don't think yeah. it was much. <laughs> they weren't given much. They were given like pittance. It's like, it was painfully like watching the original, the, the Star, or not the original, but the Star Wars episodes one, two, and three again. I was just like, oh my God, who, what is happening right now? Yeah. Like, can we please give these people something, something, <laughs> something to do? Yeah. Because if right now I'm watching a hero that's not a hero. She's right. just Twitter pated over like a dude that she like loves, and we're watching them walk around Washington D.C. <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, but that said, they took a page out of Star Wars prequels book, and I love the Senate scenes, like all that, all the Senate voting. <laughs> yes, really, the boats, just the bureaucracy yeah. of it all. I love that. Yeah, shouting at a, a hall full of CGI creatures is just is great. Just a yeah. green room, and they're like the only note you have is act. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let let us get into the sort of the plot of this movie. So I, I will be straight up honest with you. This movie from moment one was not what I was expecting it was going to be. But with that said, I um I was reading on the internet before watching this movie that like a lot of people were saying like the first the opening of this movie, the first fifteen minutes is like the best thing you'll ever see in a movie. And I'm like, All right. Uh, and I watched it, and I will say that to me, the opening sequence, which like the Famascura sequence when they're doing like the the uh, Amazon Olympics, I thought that that was probably the least effective part of this movie for me. Um, although I will say that <laughs> I was thoroughly enjoying this movie um, from basically like the first third of this movie, I thoroughly enjoyed because of how loony it was. And I wasn't expecting that. Uh, I <laughs> like, so what do you guys think of the, the opening before we get too far ahead? Like the, the Themyscira Olympic games 
you know, uh, Wonder Woman learning a lesson she seemingly already learned in movies past. But what you guys think? <laughs> what you guys think about that? Obstacle course, obstacle course, color arrow, bow and arrow writing. Yeah, and we never really break go, it down to. We never really go back to that, do we? Like, we never really see no. why that scene no. was in the movie. It's just kind of <laughs> like, hey, we don't remember even really know why they do that. Yeah, that's yeah. literally what that opening scene is, which is why I was so bored. It was like, <laughs> hey, remember this? I'm like, yup. You gonna do anything new with it? It's like, nah. I'm like, okay. Well, then why are we here? It's like, I don't know. Where it's cool. So like, it's here to distract you for the first fifty minutes. You guys probably have a better memory than me. Do you remember what the lesson was that uh, I think it was Robin Wright's character that says it to her, or I could be wrong about that. That that young Wonder Woman learns from like it's, it's yeah. like about her taking a shortcut, right? Yeah. yeah, it's no shortcuts, no cheating, basically. Oh, okay. And then my favorite thing is after she Robin Wright says that that little speech, Connie Nielsen comes up to um, talk to Diana, and then you see Robin Wright walk away, and she almost falls because of the sand, and she's in those <laughs> wedges. This weird heels she has, for some she reason. She literally almost you no. can see her ankle twist in a weird way, and oh, she like covers, no. she covers it really well. But I just went. That was the moment. Like even independent of anything else that had come before, that was the moment that ripped me right out of it. And I was like, you didn't even see that in that shot. That's the take you went with. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like well, this is be, that kind of movie. To be fair, they were working with a child actor, so their their number of usable takes was probably very low. <laughs> of course, of course. But how about we use it to uh, at least edit it in a way where you don't see Robin Wright almost twist her ankle and fall over walking away out of frame. Maybe it's really intentional. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe in Wonder Woman 3, like, she has a twisted ankle and that's like a big there you crisis go. moment. Yeah. She's the villain now. Show, it was a way for us to show vulnerability for her character. Yeah. If it weren't for, the, if yeah. it weren't for you, Diana, I would have never twisted my ankle. Yeah. A lot Fight of people... Me. I think that Wonder Woman 84 is like really on the nose, but it's actually one of the most subtle movies that's <laughs> yeah, ever very been subtle, made. Very subtle. Very subtle. Slow burn. You it's have to watch burn. the movie beyond the movie. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. I didn't want were you going to say something, Jeremy. No, I was just going to say, yeah, I, I like the opening sequence. I mean, it was like a cool visuals and like, I like the action of it. I, re I hadn't thought about Wonder Woman in like two years. So yeah. getting to go back yeah. to the Amazons were, uh, was nice, but I totally agree. It was just like, all right, I don't understand the point because we know <laughs> that she like, isn't going to be a, a kid for the rest of this movie. Like the, the lesson that we learn seems like she would have learned this lesson in the first movie already. Right. right. I would like to see a trend going, um, going forward with every Wonder Woman movie where we have about a 10 to 15 minute intro about Diana as a child learning a lesson. And so it's more like the, uh, the more, you know, segments from NBC or like the basically take like the end segments of the GI Joe TV show, but putting it at the beginning. So it's like, this is the lesson we'll be learning about today. Last one was truth and cheating. And then this one's about be it sticking to your friends. You're right. For Wonder Woman three. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the problem with this opening scene is, uh, it while it serves the purpose of reminding us who Wonder Woman is and where she comes from and, you know, does a little bit more world building for Themyscira, I think what it ultimately does, though, is it undercuts the arc she's supposed to have in this movie where she's supposed to understand that, like, losing Steve Trevor in the first movie or just losing him in general is, like, is, is a tragedy that a lot of people 
experience. You know, it's a kind of tragedy that people have to go through, and there are no shortcuts in life. Uh, you can't take shortcuts in life. It's not like you can't just have a genie in a bottle and wish for Steve Trevor back. It doesn't work like that. Like, it's it, well, you can. Well, no, you can in this movie. Yes. <laughs> Jeremy has a great point. You yeah. can, and they did. So, I mean, yeah. uh, uh, you know, ostensibly, Wonder Woman is supposed to, over the course of this movie, learn and realize that no, you can't take shortcuts. You can't just wish your person back to life. That's not the way things should be. But in the opening sequence, we're shown that she's already learned that lesson. So it's kind of like we we're just waiting for her to remember and that that's that's just to me that's like fundamentally not dramatic or exciting you know what I mean? you already know what to do wonder woman like what are you doing you so just do it yeah so that that was a little confusing for me but um all right so then what was the next was it the mall sequence after that yeah the mall sequence the jewelry heist I like yep. that element mm-hmm. I like the that was cool I like the opening action scene kind of being yeah. in a in a mall like you know, it's such an '80s yeah. trope, you know. Yeah. Oh my The gosh. only reason this movie need, was in the '80s at all was like this sequence. Yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> really not went to um, all. It's really yeah. the only reason it needed to be. You said what? Um, there... Really, the only reason it needed to be in the '80s was because of the mall <laughs> sequence. Honestly, like everything yeah. else, you could have just pushed up to now, and we would have been like, nothing has changed. Like, yeah, and it really is a chicken and egg question there because it's yep. like, all right, that could have just taken place in a jewelry store in 2020. <laughs> There's right. no reason that needed totally. to be. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I don't want to I... get too far ahead, but goddamn. No. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, I know that's kind of how the heart struggle I'm having right now is pumping the brakes and not just going off on it. Um, <laughs> no, I think the I thought the mall scene was very cool. I liked seeing the one where it kind of brought back like the old school like Linda Carter era of Wonder Woman. You know, mm-hmm. like the the, pe- the hero for the people out there doing justice and right. You know, for even on the smallest crimes, and it's not like the DC Batman who's like branding people in the dark and then beating the crap out of them until mm-hmm. they have to go to the hospital and then blowing up buildings. It's like, oh, this is this is what I think of. It was a very like this is what I think of when I think superhero movie you know like there's some hoodlums they're robbing a place there's a guy he grabs the minute the minute that dude started to panic in my head i went bet he's gonna grab a kid Mm -hmm. and he grabbed that little girl like called it and then it was just like yeah because you need the action to escalate to where wonder woman comes in on her lasso of indeterminate length and usage (laughs) and um saves the day yeah i thought was a great i thought they called me in high school Of indeterminate length and usage. Yeah. That's a long <laughs> nickname, man. Yeah. They called him Indy yeah, for no, short. Yeah, no, bullies were really mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. They went and out of their way specific. to be extremely mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They really, they saw me and they were like, and like yeah, calling this, this kid a loser is not enough. We yeah. need more. <laughs> we need to grind him down slowly <laughs> over the years with one nickname. That's, that's hilarious. <laughs> um, so... All right. So this this mall scene, it what it also accomplished for me was it let it signaled to me that like okay, this movie is going is not just going to be a Wonder Wonder Woman action movie where there's some big threat and she has to fight it cuz she's the only person strong enough to do it. Like it, it, at least that's what it was signaling to me because I'm like she you know, she dispatches with these guys very quickly. They're clearly no match for her. I'm like, okay, this is going to be about something deeper than like just Wonder Woman having to show up and beat some people up. Kind of like the way the first movie was like, this is not going to be the first movie. Right. So I'm like, okay, this is interesting. What are they going to now do with this movie? 
and when they, <laughs> so then we introduce um <laughs> both Kristen Wiig's character who is like you know the fumbling sort of like put upon you know frumpy quote-unquote nerdy person at the the museum that uh, Diana works at and yeah, the nerd yeah, the nerd that works. Yeah, you can tell because she's wearing glasses. <laughs> yeah, glasses. And then later she doesn't wear glasses. Sorry. <laughs> and she's yeah. not super comp, which means she's hot, but also she's not super competent. But then she takes off her dress and she gets really hot. It's like, <laughs> yeah, because okay. yeah, she becomes half a cat. It's which so be- hot. It's so hot. And that gives her worth because she's hot. <laughs> yeah. Um, in, and, then, and then we, of course, we get Pedro Pascal, who is like, you know, the, the guy who is a running a Ponzi scheme essentially and is, you know, claims to have oil like land deeds to land with oil in it, but doesn't or some, something, some 80s stuff. And, uh, he, so wonder Gordon Woman, gecko bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we introduce the, the sort of the, the, the major plot device of this movie, which is a, a, you know, it's, uh, it's a rock that serves as a genie lamp. You can basically <laughs> wish for, so I, Okay. <laughs> I'm not entirely <laughs> sure how it works, but but it's from- <laughs> but it's You have to you have to, let's before we get into the powers of Bojini Rock Lamp. Yeah, we also have to understand that this thing has been a part of every major civilization. <laughs> how it got around to every major civilization, we 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 don't know. Yeah, because I was I was on my phone looking up concurrent history timelines, and when they were talking, I'm like. There's no way that that got from Rome to the Mayans and back. <laughs> and I have some things. I did unless some they wished for it. Thing. Yeah, unless they wished it. Oh, which also fits in with the quote unquote rules. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Found the so <laughs> let- you work on this movie? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so- I wrote this movie. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> I'm here because I'm the writer. Oh, yeah. well, then oh, I'll okay, totally change yeah. Good job. And if you need great. an assistant or some help, I would love to be a script reader for you. It's fine. I mean, I wrote it, but I give it a five. Five out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> turning it in, turning it into the executives that they go to grab you. Like, it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it I is. I mean, sh- make it. Yeah. I don't know. It is shot for shot exactly what you wrote, though. So. <laughs> yeah. <that's right. laughs> um, yeah. Patty, I, I directed it in the screenplay. Patty just followed my direction. <laughs> All she had to do was point the camera. <laughs> Please. I'm very good. <laughs> yeah. Guys, I'm very good at what I do. Um, oh. So let's oh, let's God. try to establish what the rules are of this stone. So let the, at the base level, you make a wish and it grants the wish, right? But it's – okay. So you it grants a you a wish, spot. but then it takes your most prized possession from you? No. Not necessarily. Okay. So the idea of it is they mentioned it like two or three times. And I go, it's the concept of a, this is the term for this kind of object in, in, of like magical origin, right? In our world, but mm-hmm. it's called a monkey's paw. And the thing is they keep, they mentioned the monkey's paw concept like a couple of times. I'm like, then just make it a monkey's paw. It's not that hard. <laughs> like it could be a, unless you're going to turn the villain into a rock monster, man. <laughs> I saw your post on Instagram, and that's all I. Now that you said it, that's all I wanted to happen. So, now that I realized, it. just I, turn into. I really thought that was gonna happen. Me too. I, so I think this. So yeah, if you didn't see, I was I was basically live, uh, tweeting, not tweeting, but live live posting about this on my Instagram stories because oh, I feel hilarious. like this movie promised me a third act with a rock monster man. I really think I really am holding on. This is a real theory. I'm not making a joke. I think that there is a version of this movie 
where Pedro Pascal becomes a rock mm-hmm. monster man and fights Wonder Woman and possibly even Cheetah on his side or either way. But I think maybe it tested badly in like like before all the CGI was done or some decision was made or maybe they didn't have time to shoot it because I don't know if this when this was shot, but if COVID played into it, at some point that ending was changed and he was not made into a rock monster because there's so many things. If you're watching the movie are pointing to him becoming a rock monster, man. He's going through a low key transformation (laughs) phase. Yeah. He he wishes. So in the movie, he wishes to become the, the, the dream stone or whatever it's called. Uh, and he it absorbs into him, and then from that point on, he's very sick. He keeps continually getting very, very sick. His face starts looking weird. He's coughing up blood into a napkin. Uh, he's constantly talking about supplements even before he's sick, which has no bearing on the rest of the on the rest mm-hmm. of the movie. Yeah, I think that was meant to establish that he's like super healthy. Like that's the thing that gets taken away from him. <laughs> like he's like super conscious, like to take his vitamins and supplements. Uh... I that's. My take as the writer, that's my take, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, what? That's what Harry, I that's wrote. That's an excellent so. point, honestly, that I never would have picked up on because I was just watching it and I'm like, yeah, so he makes a big deal about his supplements, but then they never come up again in the movie. Yeah, we never see so him working yeah, out. Like, we never see Yeah, we never see him that. working out. Eating healthy. Right. These are other ways that you could communicate to me subconsciously that he's a healthy person. In fact, yeah, I'm with you where I think that, like, that was something that I, I determined after the fact that when he first asked about his supplements before he had made that wish, I was like, oh, he's probably sickly because he needs supplements. Like healthy people right. aren't like obsessed with their supplements. I'm obsessed with my supplements because my body is broke. Yeah. So I could. So what, no, the way I mean, the way I read it was I thought <laughs> here's this guy who is a, like like, you know, an indictment of 80s guys. He is obsessed with appearances. Like he looks the part. He has all these mm-hmm. commercials with no actual money or wealth or anything. Even so much so that you go to his comedically disguised office where you know this is this big you know extravagant lobby and there's receptionists and stuff. And you go in the elevator and you come back up and it's like an empty warehouse, uh, like where he actually works. So I'm like, oh, this guy's obsessed with appearances. So the one thing that the lamp is right. going to take from him is his appearance and make him into a horrifying rock monster Boom. man. That's what I thought was happening. And then also Wonder yeah. Woman, they introduced this idea of this this ancient armor from Themyscira that she gets for some reason. So I'm like, oh, why would she need armor unless she's facing a rock monster man? <laughs> Not just armor. <laughs> armor that was designed to take on the entire world. Exactly. Which is seemingly dispatched take on the of entire in world minutes, but <laughs> And win. Yeah. That was the line. Those are as I understand it, that's the power level of that suit of armor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we'll get to how they used it because yeah. <laughs> I was laughing. Yeah. So yeah. So so obviously Wonder Woman is so okay. Sorry, we need to establish the powers of the stone. So you make a wish, it grants it. Um, you have to say like I wish, like you have to say that, uh, because there are several times where like someone's like, yeah, I want that, and then the Pedro Pascal's like, you wish that, right? And they're like, yeah, I wish that, <laughs> and then it works. You I know mean, what I mean? I'm like, what? <laughs> Uh, so yeah, yeah, I know. you know the ancient stone is is a yeah they, it's they a love stickler semantics. for syntax so yeah God. yeah it's stickler a real stickler for syntax <laughs> the stone sitting in his hand he's like mm, not good enough but yeah can you enunciate word. wish again yeah. wish yeah. you need to hear the wish hit the, hit the s yeah please. speak clearer into the stone <laughs> um so yeah somebody wishes for something it grants it for you but then it also takes 
how are we going to phrase this? Something that you care about the most deeply, I guess? Well, the most think, deeply is yeah, subjective. Yeah. It just takes something. It's just like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like kind of arbitrary. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't yeah, really matter arbitrary. at the end. It's just like, okay, so I'm just going to take something from you as payment for this thing. For Pedro right. Pascal, because he cares about appearances, yeah. it's taking his health. It's taking his you know looks. It's making him look sickly and bleed from right. his nose and his eyes and his ears and everything because he has Ebola, I'm pretty sure, right. and he needs to go to a doctor. <laughs> right. So, um, and also it never really explains why he knows of the Dreamstone. Yeah. Like yeah, he just kind of is familiar with it. <laughs> like, right. Like, it just goes... So- he does. He's like, is that right. Wonder, the ancient well, dreamstone that's been with all of humanity for instant oh, civilization? <laughs> I have it, all these notes on these original parchment papers. I just keep them on my desk in the office. It's all good. Right. Nobody works there, so it's fine. Yeah, which is which is another opportunity for his character. When when he recognizes the stone, I'm like, oh, so he's not he's not even an 80s Ponzi scheme guy. That's just a front. He's actually some, you know world traveling treasure seeker who's just posing as an right. 80s guy to get close to wonder no none of that <laughs> i was gonna go i was thinking i was like oh he's some sort of elder elder god individual who's yeah. been walking the earth and so he's got some powers like oh, okay cool he's been searching for this for millennia and he finally knows where it is mm-hmm. and this is just how he's he's like fronting as this con man oil shilling con man guy. yeah so all great oh, yeah. I- all great ideas i know because there's like <laughs> There's a Why huge plot point in the movie where, uh, like, Gal Gadot and Kristen Wiig, they are, like, Smithsonian anthropologists trying to, who are tasked with figuring out what this Excellent stone point. is, right? And then, meanwhile, Pedro Pascal just has known because he has, like, a fucking sticky note that someone left <laughs> on his computer. Like, it's the old password from, like, the old person who used to work on his computer. Oh, by the way, like, if you knows see about this it. stone... <laughs> That it's would be a hilarious <laughs> side scene to film on our own of, like, if you could get, like, the origin starts, some old man just comes up and goes, here, you're going to want to find this stone. It's like, why? I don't know. And he just, like, walks away. <laughs> and then he disappears into dust. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Don't, make, don't turn into it, though. Yeah. What? <laughs> so, so then Wonder Woman, uh, she wishes, she although she never says out loud, so I don't know how it works, but she wishes internally – uh, because I guess the movie didn't want to be really on the nose in that moment for some reason. She wishes really, internally... it was on the nose every other time. <laughs> yeah, she wishes that Steve <laughs> Trevor would come back to her, uh, and it grants that wish. What does the stone take from Wonder <laughs> yeah. Woman, though? Her power. Her power. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah it takes her powers. Um, that's the only part of the movie that makes sense. I right. I agree with you. That was the only thing I was like, <laughs> I know what it's doing. Other than that no idea where this movie is going and i think the hard the hard part about that is because it's not wonder woman's movie we don't spend enough time with her to really appreciate her losing her powers like she gets shot in the shoulder once and kind of shrugs it off anyway so it's like does it really matter (laughs) you know what i mean like she's yeah i didn't understand that yeah like like she she gets like a graze on her shoulder and she's like ow but then she's still like fighting crime and getting shot off of like a rocket to save some children so i'm like all right so she still does have powers there should have been like 10 percent. there should have been a scene in this movie where she's almost completely powerless and has to fight like an average you know guy in an alley and he beats the the shit out of her you know what i mean like i agree yeah to kind of raise the stakes of like this is important because like we never really see that so like i even forgot that she lost her powers which would have been a great usage of that random drunk rapey dude 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. always in the mix for some freaking reason. Like, yeah. have him beat the piss out of Wonder Woman. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I need. Yeah, in this we needed movie. a use for him. <laughs> I want more women uh, yeah, getting beat up by movie. men. <laughs> I'm gonna go. It's an unpopular opinion, but I'm gonna use this podcast as my. Now, don't soapbox. take this the wrong way, but what I wanted to see more of. Um, <laughs> Uh, and listen, I'm an ally. I think yeah. she should, she should, she should win in the end. Yeah. But we really need to see her hit rock bottom. You gotta make her. Can work I ask an unrelated it. question? Please, please yeah, do. Please. Okay. Uh, I'm an Aquarius. How, how do people not know that? How, how do people not know that Diana is Wonder Woman? She just walks around with like in different clothes with well, no face covering, you, uh, and then she Wonder Woman. <laughs> Jeremy, I don't know if you uh, watched mm. the movie, but she threw Wonder oh, yeah. Woman darts at some security cameras, so. I think that you, I think question right. answered. after it had been recording her the right. whole time, like she, <laughs> right. she beats ass and then she rescues people. And then she throws the wonder woman, whatever, like throwing stars at the <laughs> camera. So they got her like, right. that's on tape. This is the, oh, yeah. that is, that I'm is really upset that those, I'm really upset that those, uh, boomerang things were not W's like that. They should be W's. Right. Oh, right. Here's, I have a yeah, couple what things. Were they? they were like stars, so, like, like, like kind of throwing stars. <laughs> Was it or was it her headband? Oh, so it may have been from her headband, but it wasn't it's a W. A as far as I know, it wasn't a W. Yeah, it's from her headband. So a couple of things. One, has she always been able just to throw her headband like a battering and like get it back? Because I'm not super familiar. So if anybody's out there, you can get at me on the Twitter. It'll be at the end of the episode. You can just shout at me for how stupid I am. Please do. I'm always looking to learn stuff about stupid. It was just a phase she went through in the sense. 80s, I think. The phase you, that's probably it. Um, so that's number one. Number two. The fact, Jeremy, you brought up the fact that she hits the cameras but doesn't destroy the hard drives. Or the, not the hard drives, this is not the future. The VCRs. The <laughs> yeah, the VCR in the back. Sorry, <laughs> I jumped my head. This also brings up another point that I want to talk about. This movie has a fundal, fundamental lack of understanding of technology from the 80s. And we'll get to that because there's a major part in the end that my dad and I were like, yeah, that's no, you forgot that the computers <laughs> couldn't do that back then. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Oh God. My dad and I had a field day with this movie. Um, so, uh, so there's, there's the headband, right? I'm not sure if she's done that fundamental lack of, of, uh, of technology. And um, yeah, you're also, the other thing that I want to bring up is mm -hmm. people not being able to recognize Diana Prince as Wonder Woman. <laughs> Keep in mind, we also, this also takes place in a universe where all of where all of a six foot five yoked man out of his mind has to do is put on glasses and everybody goes, ha, you're not Superman. Yeah. <laughs> Even yeah. I just saw That's you there in the phone booth, like you're suit, you're not Superman. Hey Clark, when'd you get here? He's all sweaty, covered in scratches and stuff. He's like, oh man. Whoo, had to run. Yeah. It's like, I believe that. <laughs> yeah. And also, like, also the there are scenes in this movie where it's in in order to give us a better understanding of Kristen Wiig's character and her envy of Wonder Woman, which isn't really well uh, built out uh, to begin with. But there's scenes where happened. Diana is walking through a very crowded party, and it's very obvious that to all those people in the room, she's the most stunning person that anyone's ever seen. So oh, like bedroom <laughs> eyes as long as the day is like they, dudes are just like just getting whiplash. Like in that scene. she won't stop getting uh, getting approached by people, and but. It, she looks exactly the same when she's in her wonder woman outfit so like you would know you know what i mean if the most beautiful person you ever saw was also a superhero you would know <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. With no face covering. I mean, not even the Clark Kent glasses. <laughs> like, she j- just puts on a headband. Like, she That's changes her hair, kind something... of. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> At least he puts something on his face to kind of break up the the look. She just goes, the geometry. But <laughs> don't, but leave yeah. my face alone. It's just like, oh, yeah, that's that chick from work. Yeah. Wow. He's really strong. <laughs> so f- at this point in the movie, so like Wonder Woman wishes for Steve. Um, this is where I started to <laughs> both have some issues with this movie, but also kind of realizing I might be watching my favorite movie of all time. Um, oh, this is you had a problem? <laughs> so, the, so the moment where it all starts to become um, kind of a B movie is when – uh, she wishes for Chris, uh, for Steve Trevor, Steve Pine, or wow, Steve Trevor slash Chris Pine oh, to come back to life. Yeah, and we just all the of butt, the names, man. You're not wrong, <laughs> Chris Trevor. <Yeah. laughs> um, no, so she's at the party or whatever, and there's this guy who doesn't really look anything like Chris Pine, but like you know has the Chris Pine voice. He's like Diana, and she's like what? And they have this like meet cute or whatever, and then the camera starts spinning, and then it be come he says something that reminds her of steve trevor and then the camera goes around he he becomes steve trevor but the way that it's shot it's unclear as to is he actually chris pine or does she just see chris pine right so mm-hmm. i'm like okay yeah. i'm confused i had an issue with this <laughs> yep but that's as my, the movie that's continued, my comment yours yes. yeah, <laughs> as the movie continued um, this is the first time we see the stone work and do its thing. So it's very important to understand how this was done mm-hmm. so that we understand how the stone works. Because at this point, we're still yeah. unclear. <laughs> does the stone actually change reality or does it just like make you see things differently? Or is she just seeing that because she loves Steve Trevor? Like, it's very unclear. Even when we do the little scene where he's looking in the mirror like, oh, this guy's not bad looking. Like, I'm still unsure how the stone works then. So is it just Steve's Trevor's soul in some other guy's body that she sees as Steve Trevor? It's just like, but, so I was very confused. And when the movie didn't really bother to make it clear, I knew I was in for, uh, like, a lesser, and, and I'm not disparaging the movie. I know it sounds like I am. But, like, I, I knew we weren't watching, you know, the, the, the level of craft that we were watching in the first movie and this movie is very different. And that's when I kind of got excited because I'm like, (laughs) okay, we might get to see the best movie ever right now. And then (laughs) it compounds when you start to see the action scenes, because in every action scene, there is an action taken by wonder woman that is completely bonkers. And it's just the best thing I've ever seen. (laughs) Mm hmm. Like mm-hmm. when when her solution to getting those kids out of the middle of the street is to oh. without communicating <laughs> to Steve Trevor, this oh. all done with nonverbal communication. He grabs yes. an RPG and I'm like, wait, why is that your instinct? <laughs> he grabs an I RPG. I thought he was just showing it to her, like, look what I found. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. He's got weapons. Because he was just yeah. limply because he okay i'm sorry i just have to point this i pointed this but out he's oh my God, all, we, go for it. We went back and rewatched it when steve trevor gets up on that tank right mm-hmm. his first instinct is to walk up to the machine gun barrel and start lightly stomping on it just to jiggle it a little bit and that's how he as a flesh and blood man is attacking a tank 
no weapons, just sneakers and a t-shirt and some hope. Like, dude, what? <laughs> so the scene is there's a caravan of uh, of Humvees and tanks or whatever barreling down the street in the Middle East somewhere because they're chasing after Pedro Pascal, who now has the powers of the stone and his, you know, has commanded some like warlords army. And they're barreling down towards a, a, a crowded street of children. And Steve Trevor grabs an RPG, fires it straight up into the air. And then this is the moment where the movie is, for me, was firing on all cylinders. Wonder Woman, <laughs> Wonder Woman takes her lasso and lassos the, the, the rocket-propelled grenade as it's, like, starting its, its trajectory towards the children in the street. And she uses that to fly her towards the children and then, like... Tarzan on a vine style. I don't know how the physics are working, but she swings down there like a no pendulum. Yeah. <laughs> grabs up three or four children and then like is flying through the air and then chooses to let go of said R RPG and falls and does like a barrel roll with all the children on her back. And I'm pretty sure all those kids are dead. <laughs> Someone oh, yeah. RPG went somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And then, just, now there's just a loose RPG. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a it rocket propelled. Space. Yeah, <laughs> a rocket propelled grenade went somewhere into the city. Some poor dude is watching TV and he's dead now. Thanks, Diana yeah, and yeah. Steve. Big time. For that brilliant. Well, choice. you gotta give Steve some credit there because he hasn't existed in eighty years. So, like, you know, the, he was surprised yeah. to see like a space museum. So all of a sudden, he's handling a rocket launcher, probably thinking that Which like. Oh yeah, this is gonna be like a fun little toy, and then all of a sudden a true grenade launches out of it. Yeah. Like the fact that he knew that this plan could work at all was unbelievable. And, and I'm gonna go a couple steps further. Fundamental lack of understanding of technology in the time. Number one, when they're doing the montage when they walk around Washington DC, they're on the mall over by the Lincoln Memorial, and there's a TWA flight that goes over, right? And he's like marveling about the modern aviation technology. There are no flights allowed to fly over the mall in Washington, D.C. for reasons because terrorism. Yeah. And it's been that way since the 60s, because even in the 60s, wow. they were like, we shouldn't let this happen. That's bad. We'll just clear the airspace over the over the National Mall and the, and the White House. Just no one can fly there. That's just how it's going to be. So that, that's the first thing I literally went. I have to look this up when on my phone was like, can you fly over the Washington Mall? And the whole Internet went, no, you cannot. Don't try it. <laughs> So now, now you're on a watch list. Exactly. Yeah, I am. I'm <laughs> just on for so searching that. <laughs> I'm on so many already. It's just at this point they're like, oh, we'll just add another one. Yeah. Um. Uh. Okay. So that's that's number one. Number two, the joke that my dad said that made me laugh the hardest was mm -hmm. he was like, so we're just supposed to believe the Smithsonian has an airplane hangar with all, all types of airplanes <laughs> uncovered, unstored, just chocked up, fueled up and ready to go at all times. Yeah. And that man <laughs> who was a pilot in World War One can fly a modern fighter jet. Oh that I and back. That that scene that scene pretty much it, it did it for me. That was like, okay, this is the best movie ever. He sits yeah, down in the I cockpit. He sits down in the cockpit and goes, all right, engines. Nope, that's not it. Uh, I'm like, this is great. <laughs> gets this it. is on. amazing. He gets it on the second try. <laughs> yeah. But, like, just that level of, like, 80s kind of like, oh, you can fly you can fly a World War I fly plane. Anything. You can fly anything. Yeah, like yeah, that. Whatever. I was like, yeah, okay, this is, this is awesome. <laughs> oh, oh it like, is, like. No, 
no weather coverings, Mm-mm. no none of that. No plugs on the jet engines to keep like animals and debris from being blown in there. Nope. Nothing. Just There's good old just fashioned American two, know-how. <laughs> a two-seater side-by-side fighter jet just sitting on a runway that the Smithsonian has gassed up and ready to go. Oh, dude, that so any funny. Smithsonian employee seemingly of any indeterminate rank can just show their card at a camera and just walk right in that's how things worked in the 80s derek uh, wow man what a time to be alive <laughs> uh and this is where also i felt like the movie was showing its hand where something was something felt really reshot here because i f- so there's like three or four action sequences in this movie where wonder woman does something spectacular, right? Whether it be the Mm -hmm. RPG lasso or lassoing lightning rods, which is insane. Um, Oh my God. (laughs) uh, So my, my thought process as, you know, as a writer and as someone thinking about how to tell this story, either these action sequences, some of them were reshot or that of the beginning sequence was something that was shot later and added to the movie because Mm shouldn't the opening sequence yes we you know she learns that you shouldn't cheat but also like with the different events that they're doing in the olympic games in the beginning like shouldn't those be the skills that she then uses later in the movie absolutely like (laughs) like why like all right so we're gonna uh run up this weird pendulum thing we're gonna get on horses we're gonna fire arrows at you know targets as we're flying by them uh we're gonna use those skills later in the action scenes and later in the movie right Nah, it's just gonna be mostly lasso stuff, a couple RPGs. It's like, well, then why did we spend fifteen <laughs> minutes quite... watching them do stunts yes. if we're not gonna use the stunts later? <laughs> exactly. Also, on top of that, like you don't want Wonder Woman running through with a bow and arrow, just shooting dudes in the eyeballs, like through the White House, because that's that's what happens if you, you do Derek, kills from. You are I wrong. Mean, I do. I do <laughs> want that. I want that very much. I misspoke. <laughs> I want to see that so bad as well. <laughs> However, like you can't just have her wholesale just in cold blood murdering people. <laughs> but those are the skills that she develops. Like she's throwing spears, exactly. She's shooting arrows. She's riding horses, and yeah, you're right. No pay. There's no payoff. There's no payoff to, to like, any what? of that. It's just kind of like, oh, that no, was God, fun. No. All right, on to the real stuff. It's just like there's no there's no cohesion they, there. Um, they violate like the, they violate one of the basic rules of screenwriting is don't introduce something if you're not going to have it pay off in the end. Yeah, exactly. Like a rock monster. What man. was that rule? Like a <laughs> yeah, rock write, monster. Write that down, Jeremy. Yo, yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Uh, just for my the next wisdom. Movie. The wisdom we're imparting today is just out of control. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, uh, yeah. So Kristen Wiig wishes to be like Diana, which gives her powers, beauty, charisma, which, all those things. May I say, apparently, just equals hot. She just wants to be hot and popular. Yeah. And also her performance. And this is this is a note for I guess either Patty Jenkins and or Kristen Wiig. Her performance doesn't change much between the two. Mm-mm. Like she's kind of doing the same thing. It's just now people are into it. <laughs> which yeah. Which. Yeah. Which kind of uh, un- which kind of undercuts what they've established with sort of the setting of it being in the eighties. The whole point of you know being in the eighties yeah. is that people were more gross towards women they didn't find attractive, right? But yeah. if you only have the only thing change is that magically people are acting different. Well, now it just doesn't feel like the eighties as much. You know what I mean? It just right. kind of feels like the time period is arbitrary. And then her character doesn't really arc at all. It's just kind of like, oh, I was you know boring and put upon before i'm still boring but now people love me you know what i mean it's just kind of like i don't know it just to me the transition wasn't like 
Like her performance should have been a little bit more empowered. I mean, she she kind of get there later when she dons the leather jacket and all that. But um, you know, the the transformation that? was kind of. And what did the stone take from her? I, so that's that's humanity. something I've been thinking about a lot. Yeah, I think like they establish that she's a very good person. Like she gives her food to that that homeless yeah. guy. Yeah. So like she's a very good person, and so I think it takes her goodness. In fact, I I think Wonder Woman even says that at one point. Like it took your goodness, mm-hmm. which is why she is so cool with becoming just <laughs> inexcusably evil, just evil for no reason. The reason is just like, oh, I have no reason to not be evil now. Yeah. And truly what gets me about her wishing to be more like Diana and then becoming more like Diana, which is never explored, is that she wishes to be more like this per- like this friend at work that she thinks is cool. And then she slowly gains super strength. And it's just like, that's sick. And like, doesn't oh, I guess question all it. I needed for super strength was confidence. Yeah, like, and- it is insane that she takes out in stride yeah and th- yeah there's no like questioning she's she's like wait there's no like wait is diana this strong you know what i mean like there's yeah. no yeah. there's no yeah. questioning it's just kind of like okay <laughs> i thought they were at least gonna have a conversation about it <laughs> see that could have been a yeah. turning point i think what could have been a very interesting turning point for for um kristen wick's character is if she was this you know this woman in the 80s who feels like you know um you know, she's always fighting from the bottom up and she's working hard to be the self-made woman in the eighties that, you know, in an industry, uh, you know, in the sciences, which are predominantly male driven. And she looks up to Diana as a strong woman who's like worked to get to where she is and blah, 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 blah. And then once she gets the wish answers answered, she realizes that somehow that leads her to find out that Diana is not who she says she is. And she's like a, this person who was born with it. Like that could have been a, a turning point for yeah. her to become evil and be like, you haven't worked for anything. You were born better than us. Like I've been busting my ass off to like be a better woman and be a strong woman. You were just born this way. It, that's, that's whack. You know, like and then she becomes, but nah, there's never <laughs> any of that. <laughs> there's never any of that. It's just kind of like, oh, cool. I have strength now. No need to know where that's from. I'll just utilize it. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. It is a great point. I think for me, the Kristen Wiig's performance, my problem with it was that she went from, and I don't hate this other movie that I'm about to reference. I actually massively enjoy it. But it seems like the only note she was given was be your character from Bridesmaids, but then be that character, but also evil. And so I didn't really see like a whole lot of range from it. It was just like, oh, you're just rehashing what you did in Bridesmaids, which was enjoyable as all get out in that movie. Uh, but you're I kind of was hoping for something different, I think, a little bit more depth to the character, which yeah. we didn't really quite get, you know. I don't feel like she her character was just given a lot of room to do anything. It wasn't like it, nobody it, like, was given a lot of room to I do. I mean, anything. Pedro Pascal is like let's let's get into him because we haven't talked a Dull. lot about him yet. <laughs> so he from moment one of this movie that he shows up, he's giving it a thousand percent. Oh, yes. Like, like he, he is yeah. giving it a thousand percent. And like, it's almost like someone told him that if he did it good enough, he could win an Oscar from this movie. <laughs> yeah. He, he just having, chews up scenery. Yeah. He's having so much fun. He is hamming it up. He's, he knows exactly. He's the, I would argue he's the only person in this entire movie that knows exactly what kind of movie he's in. Totally. Um, yeah, totally. Uh, Jeremy, would you think, uh, Pascal, did you enjoy him in this? 
I loved him in this. And I think, yeah, Derek, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like, he is just the only one who's hitting the tone. And the tone is bananas. But he's hitting it over the head. So I, so I like that. I mean, he's also, it's his movie. I mean, like, he's the only one who has an arc. I mean, oh, yeah. I'm sure we'll get into it. But, like, yeah, Wonder Woman's arc is just like, oh, yeah, I guess I, um, I can't let my boyfriend inhabit the body of someone. Which, by the way, that's something we need to get into. Someone, he inhabits someone else's body. Someone has to be looking for this man. This man has a life and responsibility yeah, to love he's, one. Yes, and he's just yes. become someone else. He just went or, off the grid. Or does the memory of him disappear from everybody that he was involved with in his life? That'd be a great, that'd be a great question for that script to answer. Jeremy. Yeah, it would. Too bad it didn't know what it was yeah. doing. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, the script knew what it was doing. This, the first draft of the script was 5,000 pages long, but we had to find the best 180 <laughs> of course, out of there. Of By course. the way, we should talk about how, we keep talking about how there are things missing like feels like it's missing from this movie but this movie is two and a half hours long yes. so i it's very the long. question what is in this movie it's why is there half, so much content oh my god it's two and a half hours long and it felt like i was watching it for four freaking hours i yes. was so bored yeah i was so bored what they Even definitely could have cut i was like oh my god yeah they, what they definitely could have cut is all and this and i feel like this stuff was tacked on they could have cut all of the stuff with pedro pascal and his kid like, I don't know why his character needed to yeah. have a kid. Like, it just felt like, and it was funny because every time he had to deal with his kid, like, it felt like, he, you know, his character was like, oh, oh, that's today? That's this week or whatever? Like, it felt like that yeah. was the actor doing that. Like, oh, yeah, the kid stuff. Right. I forgot. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, someone's like, don't forget this is the scene with your kid. And he's like, oh, yeah, right. I got to put some improv stuff on that. Yeah. yeah. He didn't need a kid. Also, no. I'm just going to say, my my mom, my sweet mother pointed this out. She was like, they need to recast that child. He was not good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. My fired mom fired kid. shots at a kid. Dear. She's <laughs> never critical about, like, she. I mean, she's got her own stuff, but, like, she's never like that. But she and my sister were both like, that kid was annoying. He needed to go. It's like, what? Like, I mean, they're not wrong, but, like, also... In a movie where in a movie where a guy is running a Ponzi scheme uh, and then finds a genie lamp and becomes a genie, there are a hundred lessons he needs to learn before he needs to learn to be a more uh, uh, present father. (laughs) Exactly. You know what I mean? He constantly talks about he's like, I'm not a loser. I'm not a bad man. But anytime his kid shows up, he's like, shit. Yeah. It's here. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's so funny. Yeah, I don't know why the kid was like, it's just it just seemed it just seemed so tacked on. Like, why does he have a child? Like, he has plenty of lessons to learn. He doesn't need to also learn to remember his kids recital or whatever. Like, it just felt very like it. I I think I'm sticking to this theory. I think the kid stuff was added to give him a different arc than becoming a rock monster man. Like, because that's what that's where this movie was headed. Like, let's just get ahead of it. We can all agree that the rock monster is the good, is the perfect ending for this movie. Yeah? Yes. Like, 1, even if it's not a rock monster, yeah. I just, yeah, I thought it was going to be some sort of creature or some big bad that he's going to transform into or mutate into over time through mm-hmm. the magic or whatever, the power of the stone. Mm-hmm. And, like, it never happened. And I just go, that was the perfect ending for this movie. We didn't need anything else. We didn't need a kid. We didn't need Kristen Wiig. We just needed a guy doing his thing, 
grant wishes, take his stuff from, turn into a rock monster, fight, 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 end, right? She puts on the armor, there's a reason for it, and then credits. But like, we didn't get it. This movie felt hollow from beginning to end. Like, no one knew what the right choices were to make, or they saw what the right choices were, and they just went, nah, I'm going to do this, because this is hypercolor, and this is funnier, and we're trying to make it, we can't make it be too serious, because it's COVID. People don't want serious movies. It's like, well, I would like you to take your superhero movie a little bit more seriously than you did. Thank you. Thank you very I, much. I think you just nailed it on the head. I think... I think so. One, I think there was a version of this movie with a rock monster man. I think that they also did a complete hack job on the third act because I feel like a lot of the doom and gloom and world falling apart stuff probably did not test well or just instinctually they were like, let's not do this because of where the world is right now <laughs> with yeah. COVID. So I feel but, like they nerfed a lot of that kind of stuff. So it felt very way. kind of hacked to death, you know? I agree. And either way, they didn't earn that payoff. No. There was nothing in this movie that did the legwork to earn anything, any payoff, or mm -hmm. any, of the, any of the tiny no. payoff that it had or tried to achieve. Like the suit of armor, uh, him flying the fighter jet, them going, nothing of that was worked on to, you know, the, the RPG rocket, the the mysterious length and sentience of her lasso of truth. Like nothing is like, just make it. Dr. Can you not Strange's bully me right now? On. What's up? <laughs> it's just you, you you're like, talking about indeterminate length of, of a last. It just yeah, made me feel. It's bringing like back tons of bad memories. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I know it's a painful subject for you. I'll try and find a different yeah. terminology to use. I just I'm sorry to keep bringing Thanks. it up. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Okay. So yeah. I just yeah. there's no earning it. So let's hit. No uh, we. Ha uh, let's, I want to hit two or three more things. I want to hit the invisible jet. I want to hit okay. Wonder Woman learning to fly. <laughs> And then I want to hit the 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 therapy session that ends this movie. So let's let's talk about the. Uh, May I also interject one thing I'd like to cover? Sure, sure. Fight scene between Cheetah and Wonder Woman. Because okay, we can start there. I got some issues. What do you think about okay. that? Fight scene, yeah, fight scene between Cheetah and Wonder Woman. Um, it looked like a Cirque du Soleil show. There, nobody was landing punches. Everybody was flying uh -huh. around on electrical cables and golden lassos and jumping from place to place and not really. It looked like dance fighting. Like there was no like choreographed like someone like i kept sitting there it's like i hope someone just hits somebody at this point like no one's making mm -hmm. contact we're just it felt like people were doing the pirouette like stage fight where you grab and then you lunge and you throw the person across the stage and they do a spin in the air and they land and it's like oh we're fighting now so i <laughs> think oh, yeah this that's one of those sequences that i think was was reshot or recut oh, yeah um, because I think that was probably a fight scene in which the rock monster man shows up. Uh, like they, you know, they tussle. It. You can't hear me. No, no. Say, I keep hearing it in Peter Griffin's voice. Rock monster. <laughs> rock monster. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I think the rock monster man shows up in that fight before they really can get into it. And they're yeah. like, Oh my God, what are we going to do about this guy? Uh, but then that didn't yeah. happen. So they're like, uh, just make them tussle around for a few more minutes and we'll get out of here. <laughs> right. You know? But my point is she shows up in this armor. <laughs> It's supposed to be this fabled like artifact of her of her culture, right? right. Like the nuclear weapon of her culture, mm -hmm. and a reject from the cats movie is able to tear up the wings in less than like two seconds, and then she jettisons that, and then it's like, why did you even bring that? There was no point. <laughs> well, why would you even hope to fight the like what? She why? she brought it to fight the rock monster man, but that didn't happen in this version. He didn't show up. Yeah, he didn't show up for the fight. 
um, she was she flew into a different it, you know what she did it was lassoing from lightning bolt to lightning bolt landed her in a different version of the movie that she was in <laughs> yes all right let's talk about the invisible jet um so jeremy yeah let me ask you a question as, yeah. a, as a writer um sure. not just as the writer of this movie just as a writer if you're going right. to have a scene and let's change it from jet to a car right so say you have sure. a scene where your character needs oh, to end up to turning their car invisible right would it would probably then make sense to have it be the only way they can get out of the situation that they're in is for that car to be invisible right if you if you want in that scene to like be about her power of structure right right so then, in terms of like oh this is as high as the stakes can possibly get like, right unless something the, turns the only invisible. option yes yeah yeah so then why do you think in this movie uh the <laughs> the moment is more about Steve Trevor, it, whether or not he's going to be able to fly uh, a modern aircraft that he then successfully does, and the aircraft doesn't become invisible until they're already in the sky. <laughs> Once all the dramatic tension is gone, now it's invisible. Yeah, I absolutely love that. I mean, they. I mean, Asan, this is where I'm kind of in line with your theory, where it's like, oh, Patty knew what movie she was making because yeah. she's just like it sits there and just like closes her eyes real tight and she's just kind of like grunting like oh, i think i know scene. how to do this <laughs> she's just like learning to make something invisible like she's just trying real hard she's just believing everything she could believe in every fiber of her being and then the jet just turns invisible and there's even a joke in there with like oh yeah someone like i i remember so few details like i, I can was, tell you exactly uh, what the joke sleepy. was before okay hit it she goes I'm, he's like, have you done this before? She's like, yeah, I did it to a coffee cup. He's like, what happened? She's like, I lost it. And we're supposed to be like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> humor, humor, much needed humor That's for this so very good. tense moment <sighs> in this very serious movie. Again, the skill of turning things into in, in, invisible could have been something we saw her learn in the opening sequence. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Instead, it's just or, a moment where she's like, I think I can do this. Let me. Uh... <laughs> she rubs her hands together. Yeah. Like yeah. she's like she's some sort of magic like magic 50s sitcom wife like there's and then a, just goes touch and it, it's literally it's the same energy i put into like trying to like flip an egg without breaking the egg it's like the exact, <laughs> right. exact all right same jeremy determination. That, all right jeremy that you can do focus. this <laughs> i got this i got the toast ready it'd be so bad if this yolk breaks i need the moisture in there yeah yeah i need a w for today man i need a w so bad yeah i was just like come on man uh yeah so that was i feel like that was a missed opportunity i mean i also think it was stupid because it was just like the invisible jet it was just a throwaway moment like every other word like there now shut up about it yeah like yeah yeah there you happy um, <laughs> no i'm not because you put it in this movie yeah which uh which brings us to wonder woman uh learning or discovering she has the ability to fly right mm -hmm. um she ultimately realizes that you know shortcuts aren't the best way to go so in order to reverse all the chaos she has to renounce her wish which will make steve trevor go back to being dead um and when she does that for some reason, and I'll ask you guys because I, I I haven't put it all the way together. For some reason, like that allows her to like discover within herself the ability to fly. I guess 
though? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know a lot of Wonder Woman's power skill set. I didn't know she Same. could fly. I, I didn't know that know, was a thing. But I do know that in the in the limited knowledge that I do have about her skill set, I mm-hmm. do know that she develops the ability to fly. Okay. I can't tell you in what decade that happened mm-hmm. because I went I went from DC to be like Batman's the coolest and Superman sometimes here and Wonder Woman and then I was like ooh Marvel and then I got spit out in my twenties and was like I'll go back to DC. I was like wait when did Wonder Woman start flying? That happened <laughs> somewhere over the last like fifteen years. I'm not sure when that mm-hmm. was. Uh, yeah, so I don't know when it was, but she flies. But here's my other question. Is she actually flying? Or is she just building up a ton of momentum from her from her golden rope? Sorry, I mean, I'm not trying to be triggering to you. <laughs> Again. Thank you so much. Golden rope is what they called me in college when I was actually popular. Was that a better time for you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Golden rope was Okay, great. good. All right, yeah. golden rope. We'll go with the golden rope. Yeah, I think the implication is that, like, she can fly, but it's, like, not uh, an unlimited flight. Like, she has to right. recharge the momentum somehow. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think it's, like, akin to, like, one of those, like, flying squirrel suits that you see people That's with what uh, GoPros do. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. not flying. It's falling with style. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 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 Yeah. Um, yeah, they were trying to make it a moment where, you know, something about the death of Steve Trevor allowed her to, like, because I, she listened to, she replayed a quote in her head when he was like, I forget what he said. He said something like, "When I'm flying and I'm above the clouds, um, it's when I'm the most happy," or something like that. And then she can just fly now. That was um, an excellent, Chris Pine. By the way, <laughs> thank you. Uh, yeah, I, I just, oh, all right. Let's uh, enough I, of that. I have a, I have a theory. I think the flight moment was Patty Jenkins' moment to try and take on Zack Snyder's version in the man of steel Mm -hmm. which whether you like man of steel i happen to think man of steel is a great movie i enjoy the hell out of it Mm -hmm. but there's that it's a really great moment with the way that he made when clark puts on the suit and decides Mm -hmm. to stop jumping for long and decides to try and start flying for the first time Mm -hmm. and he gets down on his knee and he puts his fists on the ground and you see the snow start to swirl around like he's like He's manipulating the gravity fields, and then he just shoots off. I feel mm-hmm. like that was Patty Jenkins trying to be like, and this is the same thing. It's like, well, with another director, yes, it might have been, but <laughs> uh, we got you. So, yeah, Oof. I don't, yeah, I, I don't know, I don't know what the I, I was trying, I saw what they were trying to do, kind of in terms of like making it a moment about Chris Pine, but I just, I don't know, it just didn't quite connect for me. Um, yeah. What was yeah. oh, and then the last thing is so the the big climactic action scene of this movie is a therapy session uh, in which uh, Pedro Pascal learns the error of his ways because his son was put in danger, and then he decides yeah. to be he thinks about his past trauma and which why I, why did we need to why did we need to see his motivation like they tried at the end to be like but you should sympathize with him. It's like, no, this is a comic book movie. He's the bad guy. If you just made him a rock monster, this would have been better. I don't need to know that his dad was abusive and that he was grew up poor. There are people all over the world that do that, that don't manage to be raging assholes yeah. towards yeah. their kids. Well, he's the lead character of the movie. This yeah. is a movie about Pedro Pascal, so we do need to see his backstory. <laughs> yeah. like, he is, is the yeah, protagonist we, of this movie. In the right, last what are we 10 watching minutes Pascal of the film? Yeah. Or, uh, we see his background. Yeah. I, I would watch the hell out of that. It was just called Pedro Pedro Pascal, 1984. Just watching Pedro Pascal run around 84, just doing stuff, yeah. just living like a normal dude. Yeah, <laughs> have a great time. 
But yeah, it's like at the very end, they're like, oh, but he was beaten and he was poor. Yeah. So you should feel bad yeah. for him. It's like, well, I don't. Yeah. And I, also, I do think there's a lot. Sorry, go ahead, talk Jeremy. right now. Oh, sorry. I think there's a lot of talk right now in the superhero space about like redeeming your villains and maybe not even the superhero sure. space. But just like yeah. there's a lot of virtue in that right now, where it makes it mm -hmm. seem real. Like I think Black Panther did that really well. Like yes. I think like there's a lot uh, to be gained. I think, or maybe that's just con currently conventional superhero wisdom. It does definitely feel like a studio now being like, well, why don't we, why don't we feel for him in the end? Like why let's make him more complicated when there's literally not a single complicated thought in this movie <laughs> until right, right. trying to get to his backstory. And and I think making trying to make it a, a complicated deep ending i think undercuts what they were trying to do with the 80s tropes of this movie like the whole point is this movie is using 80s tropes to make a modern superhero movie it's it's based on a thing that grants right. wishes it like you know what i'm saying like there yeah. is a giant hatred for people of arab origin in this <laughs> yeah movie. yeah exactly nondescript middle eastern people like, yeah. it, like does he look like a terrorist that we assume is a terrorist that we've learned from the 80s up until 2001 yeah then they're the bad guys. So it's like, yeah, you're, there's no nuance needed. Like, he's a bad guy who, you know, only cares about the appearances of power and becomes a rock monster, and they fight. Like, that's <laughs> as deep as it needed to be, really. Nah, um, yeah. But yeah, so it wasn't that, and it was this weird sort of therapy scene, and I, I also thought it was a very weird choice that it doesn't, like, once everyone's wishes are renounced, the world doesn't really magically go back to the way it was. Like they still have to deal with the repercussions oh, of it. I made that point to my family <laughs> and I was like, so the world goes chaotic. Everybody's fighting in the streets, which is basically a sadder version of the ending of like the MacGuffin from Kingsman, which yeah. does it way better. Mm -hmm. um, but everybody's like getting crazy and making wishes and doing all this stuff. But then the end is Christmas time and everybody's just, Nope, my dad pointed out no property destruction, by the way, which I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. The amount of like trillions of dollars it would take to repair everything just in America alone. It's mm -hmm. like, yeah. So all of a sudden it's Christmas and everybody's just cool with the fact that the whole world tried to destroy itself. And probably 90 of those 90 percent of those wishes were I want that person dead. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it, like it seems the like the, killed the, <laughs> yeah. the dude that killed the lady in the shop. Like, what's he gonna be like? So yeah. sorry about that. We cool now. Like, I brought you back to life. So I feel like I you, you kind of so need rough. to forgive me. But like, eh. like it's a movie about a magic stone. Like, once people renounce their wishes, it, you can just have it magically go back to the way that it was, and nobody remembers a thing, and there was no damage that ever happened. Like to me, that's a much cleaner way to end it than like. Well, things are kind of back to normal, but we still remember when we tried to kill each other. It's like, that's a, just weird. Do they remember it, though? I, I thought, thought they, they did. I was kind of assuming that they didn't. But they oh, do? I thought they did. I thought, for me, for my reading, it was clear that they did remember. <laughs> yeah. Well, because there's buildings that are still destroyed. Like, right. the bombs don't, like, go back, oh. don't get stuck back into the silos. They don't just disappear into glitter. They explode, and the pieces go everywhere. So there is a real-world repercussion that's happening by people <laughs> renouncing their wish. So we're just to assume that the entire planet went through this thing and just agreed to never speak of it again. Yep. <laughs> Uh, that, I mean that, and I think that also just leads credence to the theory that, uh, the, the reason why the damage is there at the end, because originally it wasn't, it was a rock monster, man. It wasn't just mm -hmm. things go back to normal. No, there was a rock monster, man, terrorizing the city. <laughs> oh, also real quick. 
oh my gosh, as yeah. long as we're on the Christmas end scene. So when Steve Trevor was like, you got to let me go. You got to renounce your wish. I got to go. Like, mm-hmm. you just got to, you got to go do your thing, right? So he dies. And AJ, Jeremy, my wife, she was like, how hilarious. She just said it out. This is at the, this was at the point where my family was just free fire session all over this movie. And she goes, <laughs> how hilarious would it be if that random dude that Steve Trevor, who the guy whose body Steve Trevor was in, showed up at the end of the movie? And my whole family went, They'll not. They won't do that. That's too cheesy. We lost it. We lost our minds when he showed up. We were like, oh, no. Oh, my God. This is the worst yeah, truly, movie ever. All I could think about when that happened is, is that, like, Wonder Woman has already fucked this dude. Yeah, <laughs> right. Has already had sex with this human yep. She knows what she he's working with. It. Which oh brings up God. a con- which brings up a very crucial conversation about consent going forward. <laughs> oh, yes, one hundred. Yeah. I have oh, something I need to tell you. Guys, body. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, yeah. I think that isn't also a weird choice because, like, it's a weird choice because we haven't really spent any time with that actor. Like, we've only ever really seen Chris Pine. So, like, when they have their little, like, meet-cute at the end, it's like, well, we don't really know this guy, so they don't have any chemistry together. Like Screen time? He's in the movie for less than three minutes. Yep. I would have been much happier. This would have been more of, like, an 80s kind of magic ending, but I would have been much happier if she, like, ran into Steve Trevor's great-grandson or something. And, like... You know what I mean? Captain America. Yeah. And he looks just like Chris Pine. Like I would have been happy with that. Peggy Carter's niece. Yeah. That would have been a great, that would have been a great cliffhanger ending. He, she runs into Chris Pine. She's like, Steve. He's like, no, my name's Mike. My great grandpa's name was Steve though. You know what I mean? Like that would have been really cool. Served in world war. Watch it. Oh, my mistake. I had sex with your grandpa. And then end credits. (laughs) Yeah. And then end credits. (laughs) Sorry, you, I had sex with your great grandfather. This would be too weird for me. In credits, yeah. And then the mid the mid credit scene comes back, and it's just like the that exact scene. Where like I was like, hold the fuck on, you have, you can't just walk away. Yeah, yeah. No, no, you can't just say that. How old are you? Yeah. What? <laughs> Who are you? Yeah. That guy's losing his mind. Oh man, that is too. He's good. the next villain of the. He's the villain of the next movie. Yeah. Mike Trevor. <laughs> oh, can I ask something? Yeah. I don't want to see yeah. my head anywhere. No, no we're, 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 at the, we're at the finish line. Okay, great. We never see Kristen Wiig renounce her wish. So is she still that's, no, Cheetah? That's true. Is she going to be Cheetah point. moving forward? I think she probably will be if they bring her character back. But if they bring her character – well, I guess if she has the powers of Wonder Woman, she won't age. So, yeah, they could bring her back. I think they left that open-ended for, for a reason. Oh, also the same. I don't know if you guys caught the loophole line where she was like, where were you? And he's like, I don't know. I was just Steve Trevor. He was like, well, I was just, you know, I was flying the plane or whatever. And then I just, I was just this place and it was nice and it was warm and it was comfortable. Mm -hmm. So it's like his data file in the universe is stored somewhere so they could bring him back. Yeah. And I think it would be funny. I think it would be funny to have him body jump in every single movie to be her little <laughs> sidekick so they can have little liaisons throughout time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That'd be sick. That'd be tight. That'd be hilarious, man. He'd be like every time I'm, he pops up yeah. in somebody else's body, he's like, what's new? What's the new crazy thing? Yeah. There's like a half hour montage in every movie for him to be yes! like, an iPhone. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> what? what? Oh, fuck? dude. That oh, before we get at that was one of my favorite like 
one of my favorite sequences in this movie was the the fish out of water chris pine stuff yes like, that was fun like he's ne- <laughs> <laughs> like he's never seen a trash can before like he's never seen fireworks like when he's <laughs> like when he's walking through the the smithsonian and he's like he sees the the astronaut and i'm like oh shit <laughs> that was really good that was a good sequence he was he was i like how he was just escalators yeah. uh subways uh just so you know in world war one he they talk about how he's like based out of paris there were subways in paris at that time so yeah. he knows what's up oh yeah. this is what i'm talking about this oh there were escalators too i had to google this yeah. while i was watching it because it bothered me so much i was like oh i did i did so much googling. they they were invented in like the mid 19th century so like mm-hmm. i don't know if they were popularized yet but like escalators well, they were, were death traps to begin with. Yeah. yeah fair enough and, and <laughs> yeah. also like trash cans are pretty universal like in the trash can that he stumbled upon wasn't a strange looking trash can like you get the idea you know what i mean yeah. like oh yeah <laughs> it was alien dropped in from this planet you go oh that's where my that's where my garbage goes and it's like yeah good job you did it you figured it out we didn't make it hard for you yeah. but right you know. now if he had ran into one of those like bear proof trash can things that you see at like yes. campgrounds and stuff like that where it looks like a mailbox kind of thing okay then all right all right then we got something to work yeah. with here well, you know, we go back to the fundamental lack of like when when technology happens and took place. Uh, one of my major things that at the end when Pedro Pascal is using, okay, I got to talk about the satellite system and like the particles. It's like no, you're talking oh. about just like yeah, like I'm not even going to go into the deep part. But when he's broadcasting his his message, he starts to broadcast it over computers mm-hmm. whose monitors would not have video capability. For decades, there was no color display at that time. It was all black and the standard black and green, mm-hmm. like programming closed loop system. There was no, I mean, for the military, maybe, but there was no internet. There was no satellite connection uplink. And right. all of a sudden this movie's like, yeah, they just had color monitors back in the 80s and he could just stream his message. Like, it's fine. It's a TV. Well, Remember, yeah. computers have always doubled as TVs. It's like, no. Yeah. When were <laughs> when were you born yeah well i mean to be fair they tried to hand wave it off as like another magical thing like oh the military has this Uh, secret way to broadcast to everyone around the world if you needed to which i'm like that's fine in in another movie where that movie is about that (laughs) but like this movie (laughs) is about a genie man so like you can't have another piece of magic where oh and also there's this there's this weird technology that the military has it's like he's a genie he can do what he wants (laughs) it's true it was a weird i'm just realizing this now that part of one of my problems is this movie was a weird blend of being like it's magical but also based in the real in the real world and it's like you can't you can't do that either lean into the magic because she's she's an she's an unaging amazon like basically a demigod that's from an island that we can't find filled with women that somehow procreate and then like and she doesn't age and then you're gonna like have satellites that beam particles into computers in office spaces across the world to deliver this man's message i'm like you can't either have it all magic or no magic i feel like at that point here's how this movie was written all right jeremy jeremy uh you can tell me if this is inaccurate or not i'll correct you yeah all right i got you all right (laughs) so i have your movie after all (laughs) so i have an idea for a wonder woman movie um it takes place in the 80s because you know why not the 80s are fun um 
we need to get Steve Trevor back. How can we do that in like an 80s way? Oh, 80s ways always have like a, a machine or something you can make a wish on and it comes true. Okay, I like that. Like, like like a genie in a lamp. Cool. Maybe it's like an old stone. Got it. Okay, cool. The villain of the movie. Oh, wouldn't it be cool if like we did like a reversal of the genie thing? Maybe the villain like becomes the genie. So he has like the powers of a genie. Okay, that's great. I think that's really cool. Aladdin was a big hit. Cool. Let's do it. All right. Well, so then what's stopping the genie guy from just doing whatever he wants and destroying Wonder Woman? He has the powers of a genie. He can do whatever. Okay, maybe it's strictly he serves the purpose of the genie lamp. So, like, he can only grant other people's wishes. Okay, well, then how will then how will he do his own bidding? Well, okay, we, maybe we'll make it so that if someone wishes on the stone, <laughs> it takes something from them too, and then we'll just let him decide what he wants to take from the person. That seems real convoluted. Sorry, already wrote it. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, that's like... Yeah, it's already in production. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah like, so I reshot half of this already. Yeah, yeah exactly. I think... We're at reshoots now. Yeah, Hassan, that is pretty dead on. But the only thing you're forgetting is that I created, like, a 50-page lookbook of Chris Pine's butt. Oh, that's... I, and that was all I needed to get funding for the movie. Yeah, I don't have the whole production Bible in front of me, but... Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, that that it just it just seems like they wrote themselves into a hole with the, with the, the genie stuff. And it's just like... Because I was asking yeah. myself that the whole... Like, especially when he first becomes the genie, I'm like, okay, so now what's stopping him from just doing whatever he wants? And, well, the answer is because there's this weird arbitrary rule where, like, he can only answer other people's wishes and then can take something from them. I don't know. It just seemed weird. I just like the whole concept. We can boil it. This whole movie, the way they wrote it, the way they made it, the powers of the rock can all be boiled down to this. Are we going to answer any of the questions? Uh, not unless we have to. Yep. Are we just mm – -hmm. so what are we going to do? We're just going to make a movie. We're just going to make it however we want, and we're not going to answer anything unless we want to. Well, what are the rules of the universe? We'll just we'll make them up as we go. That just seems to work so far. All right, I got I'm gonna pitch a uh, I'm gonna pitch a fix to this movie for you guys, and you can tell me if this fixes Please. the whole movie. All right. Hit it. So in the opening sequence, um, what the games are, what the Olympic games are, are a ceremonial games to decide the winner of the games is chosen to be the guardian of the Dreamstone, right? Uh. Uh, and so that's what they're all competing for. Every all the highest okay. level warriors in the society get the opportunity to to compete for it. Uh, Diana cheats, and uh, her mom or whoever, Robin Wright or whoever, is explaining to her um, the reason why you can't cheat is because the whoever guards the Dreamstone has to understand that like. You know, you can't take short shortcuts in life because that only leads to folly and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, you can't just have what you want. The universe has a purpose, blah, 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 blah. Um, that way, Diana's character, as she grows up, knows what the Dreamstone is. Uh, maybe it disappears yeah. out of out of, you know, it was lost to Themyscira at some point. So she can't find it. And she's been looking for it. Um, and that way, she has a motivation to when she actually comes across a Dreamstone, she's like, well, like, I've been looking at this thing since before Steve was in my life in the 40s. Wait, if I get this, now I can wish Steve back. And so now she has a, an internal dilemma where she knows the right thing to do, which is to take the Dreamstone back to Themyscira or be the protector of it, whatever. But then she selfishly uses it to bring Steve back. And now she has an arc to accomplish. You know what I mean? And also because she didn't just take the Dreamstone and take it back to Themyscira or whatever, other people have gotten their hands on it and have created all kinds of chaos and trouble. And then now we're compelled to watch our protagonist actually do something rather than just be like kind of just, you know, slave to whatever the plot says for her to do. You know, that's my fix yeah. to this movie. Yeah, I mean, 
It sounds like a pretty good movie. I mean, it's not Pedro Pascal 1984. <laughs> it's but, definitely like, if you not that. Somewhere else, <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the movie I signed up to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. All right, you guys have any uh, any any more thoughts on Wonder Woman 84 before we get out of here? Uh, just a trifling one. What happened to her sword and shield from the last movie? I don't know. It's not. It's not really 80s, is it? You know, you can't have a sword and shield but, in the 80s. Uh, oh man. That just launched another whole hour of conversation that I'm not going to go into. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. That's my last parting shot. All right. like, what happened to her equipment, man? It's so much better. She traded it in this. for that uh, weird costume from Gods of Egypt. <laughs> it so was. I just was like, oh. Go, go, gadget, bird suit. Um, <laughs> what, uh, what about you, Jeremy? Any other, any other thoughts? Man, that uh, end credits sequence with the old Wonder Woman made me so confused because I had <laughs> never, I didn't know who she was. Yep. And uh, and that's on me. Uh, but I am so excited to see how they decide to meld <sighs> the TV show and the new DC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jeremy, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something. That's not on you to know who Linda <laughs> Carter is. You shouldn't have to know who Linda <laughs> Carter is. They shouldn't have done that. That yeah. was just for people. That was for the parents. That was for the parents and grandparents of people. That's fair. That, like she yeah. literally winks at the camera. <laughs> she does. It's and that just sums up this whole movie right there. Yeah. We don't know what's happening. We don't know why it's happening. Someone winks into the camera and then it's over. And it's like, what am I supposed to do with this? Yep. Yeah. That oh. again. That was a long nickname from high school. So please don't bully <laughs> me right now. Man, I'm just hitting it three yeah. for three. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Wait, uh, was I a bully of yours in a past life? I'm very yeah. confused. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In a past life. Oh, no. shoot. But, You're that yeah, Jeremy? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. In every life, Jeremy's name is Jeremy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was the Civil War, but people were calling me a lasso of indeterminate length, and it really hurt my feelings. I just wanted them to call me Jeremy. <laughs> oh, man. no. All right, y'all. Um... Uh, this, Jeremy, this is the part of the show we close up by. Uh, if you have an online presence you would like people to be aware of, or anything that you'd like to plug, you can have the opportunity to do that now. Where can people Ooh, find dang. you online? That you know what I'm gonna elect to plug my Twitter, which is something that I apparently have had since 2008, but <laughs> didn't know. And so, I my bid on it now is that uh, every tweet is my first tweet, and every time I tweet something, I delete the previous tweet. Um, and so I, I have like so good. 10 that followers and I'd really love for that to become my new thing. <laughs> so All that's, right. uh, at, that's at return to sender return to sender. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, Derek, where can we find more of you online? You can find me at underscore Derek. No, sorry. At Derek underscore nickel. I'm tired. Derek <laughs> underscore nickel D E R E K underscore N I C K E L and at cinephile 84 on Instagram. Great. Uh, you can find me at Asan the DJ on social media. That's at A-H-S-O-H-N the DJ. You can find episodes of this podcast and more at Weekly Regular on social media and at theweeklyregular.com. Thanks so much for uh, joining me today, uh, Jeremy and Derek. No problem, man. Always yeah. a pleasure. Thanks All for right. having me. All right. And we will see y'all next week. Next week.